Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series, where we ask people from all walks of life to talk about their perception of the future and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. Mostly, it is presented as scary and a loss of opportunities. The Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Let's see what today's guest thinks. Today we've got Chris Harnett's going to be talking to us. Chris is a business consultant. He's based in Adelaide and he's had a a lot of experience in the healthcare industry, especially around uh, clinical research, uh, diagnostic pathology, pharmaceuticals and medical devices. It sounds pretty hard hitting to me. But he's got a lot of experience with the adoption of new products into the markets. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Chris has got to say to us today. How are you, Chris? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, Chris, and the kind of work you do? Well, um, I'm um, Adelaide-based. Um, I have spent quite a bit of time in Sydney, but uh, I suppose I have a very broad background in the healthcare area in terms of um, clinical research, uh, diagnostic pathology, uh, pharmaceuticals, medical devices and such, and assisting to achieve um, adoption of products in the healthcare space. But uh, of recent times, I have um, been working with uh, a diverse group of uh, SMEs in the um, Entrepreneurs Program, which is Department of Industry, Innovation and Science. Oh, yeah. And that was a very valuable experience. Yeah. What what did you gain from, from doing that? How did that help you in your perspective? Well, I I suppose in one sense it was uh, one company explained to me you're going to be a little bit like a bank manager when a bank company's going to see a bank manager is that they can see all the good things you're doing and they can see all the the areas you need development on. Yeah. (laughs) And I suppose in one way it's a bit like a board member and so you focused on working on the company and not in the company, looking at where their strategic strengths were, what their opportunities were and challenges and then looking at beginning to sort of uh, determine what recommendations you can make to them to put into place to help them to achieve growth and improvement and profitability. Yeah, because it's very difficult, isn't it, when you're when you're working in the company oftentimes to actually, you know, distinguish the wood from the trees, so to speak, to actually see what's going on. You're so close yes, to things. Absolutely. Because management is always preoccupied with um, dealing with day-to-day issues, I suppose, and they don't have time to set, step back and sort of um, do a bit of navel-gazing. Um, mm. And I suppose that's a lot of things you try and encourage for management is that they try and take some time out during the day just to sort of consider what the challenges are and the best way about going to um, develop solutions for it. Well, you can't really be a very good leader if you are unable to do that, can you? You need to That's be right. able to see the reality of what's actually going on around you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that the important thing there, I suppose, is that if a leader or the head of a company can actually sort of develop it so that they can step away from it and the company can still operate in a profitable way, 
uh, that's actually adding value to the business. So Absolutely. It makes it more saleable. Mm. So are you you're trying to teach people how to get that sort of objective, more bit of a more objective standpoint and awareness? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you, you had to try and um, massage people's um, um, self-opinion, I suppose, or um, belief about themselves in terms of mm. they felt they, they were the industry expert mm. and uh, didn't always want to step back and determine where they felt that their true skills lied. Um, and uh, if they felt that some of their tasks could be delegated to somebody else, they felt a bit threatened. Mm. I think a, a good dose of humility always helps with these things. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah. What do you find uh, re- really interesting about what you're doing, Chris? Well, now I'm um, out of the program and I'm developing a consultancy for myself. Mm. Still focusing upon, uh, at the moment, doing some business development for a group. Um, I'm trying to assist another company with grant applications. Um and also uh, working with groups to, I suppose, who um, early stage companies who are looking to improve the commercialization prospects, raising capital, uh, and even some projects with the Department of Health in South Australia. So it sounds like your passion's on that on that business development and uh, growing businesses uh, side, is it? Is that what you're absolutely? Really- yeah, it's. I, I think the. Developing a strategic viewpoint, how best to help the company and impressing upon people that strategy is not a static uh, situation. It's very much a dynamic situation. And um, it's a matter of, you know, with a, for a, a good example, I think, is with a board. A board has to always renew the environment it's operating in. Mm-hmm. Does it believe that... Uh, it has a, a group of skills and capabilities around the table to really guide the company uh, into the future. And in the same way, I think companies have to do the same thing in terms of look at how the market's changing, what are the key drivers in the market, what do they need to do to not only sort of create the differentiation they're looking for, but also to um, assist them to sort of, um, I suppose, um, not quite outsmart, but meet what the opposition companies are doing. So, so in the, in in that area where you are working, and you're helping guide these organisations from a um, from a, a director type level, uh, what, what do you think are the challenges that are coming up for the uh, life sciences industry? Ah, right. Uh, it's um, one of the biggest challenges was uh, it's raising or accessing funds. Really, mm. um, it's um, once you have a product, it's very much, I mean, with anything, you need to understand what the market need is, um, being able to present your solution so that you achieve that convergence, I suppose, between what your, the benefit of your value proposition is right. and what the, the um, market is looking for. So, that, uh, and then in the healthcare space, everyone's very risk adverse mm. um, and you have to sort of, meet the requirements of the TGA and such, right. um, but you have to work forward and demonstrate its clinical benefit on the long term. I mean, uh, if you're seeking reimbursement from the Department of Health, you have to look at what the um, 
clinical effectiveness is, the cost effectiveness. And then you have to demonstrate that long-term wise, there's going to be a reduction in the need for um, medical services, I suppose. Really? <laughs> and I suppose the interesting thing has occurred now with the, the quantitative easing is that um, from an economics point of view, they're just printing money. Um, but a few years ago, if you approached the Department of Health about how to gain reimbursement for your product, they said, look, the healthcare pie is only so big, it's not growing. Um, and if you're going to support one area, you need to take away from something else. Mm. So you, you have the same bucket of money, so to speak, but uh, you just have to sort of remove from somebody else. So um, it, it's really being able to press upon key influential people within the market that what you're offering has a benefit. Now, moving so it's, it's always been a very uh, heavily front-loaded investment um, industry, hasn't it, uh, with that, with that yeah. weighing up that risk and uh, the outcomes from your stage ones and your stage twos and all that sort of um, ways to get the funding, hasn't it? It's been very precarious like that, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about um, what about uh, the changes in the industry? Is there anything uh, like we we read a bit about the pr moving towards preventative rather than you know like being preemptive on health and helping people with their well being and things like that rather than uh, uh, having treatment after the fact? But is do you see any trends in that area? Well, I mean, COVID has um, has really um, upturned everything, really, hasn't it? It's brought upon the rapid uh, adoption of digital um, communication, Zoom meetings and things like that. Um, but it, it's, um, it has meant that because so many people have been in sort of um, uh, lockdowns and such, I think it, it, it has, uh, there's been an increase in sort of alcohol consumption and things like that. And I just heard yesterday that fewer people are now uh, associating weight gain with cardiac disease. So it seems as though there needs to be another reality check in terms of making people aware of what they need to do because they have the other aspect too of the mental strain and stress of COVID. And um, so I can see that there are going to be real physical, psychological and uh, healthcare issues in the next future. Not only with the, the way the government is going to be so in, in enormous debt, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a very difficult time moving forward. Sounds like a, the, this word awareness keeps on coming up in the in the discussion here. The originally the awareness about your beliefs and what you do and how you operate within your business and then awareness of the marketplace and what the needs are and what the drivers are and where you can add value and then awareness here of the impact of, you know, COVID and the change in lifestyle and how that might be impacting us in a health, from a health perspective or, or lots of different, lots of different ways. Uh, awareness is a very important issue, isn't it? To, uh, to actually know and have a reality check, as you said, to take note of what's going on and where you're headed and then be strategic about planning. Yes, absolutely. 
Mm. I mean, the I suppose the buzzword uh, which has emerged from uh, COVID is um, companies pivoting, and I suppose it's very much that's uh, guided by um, monitoring what's happening out in the in the market. Mm. But it was it, it then supports the whole issue of listening to people rather than just talking. I mean, listening to what is happening, uh, listening to how they're being impacted and listening how you can sort of add value on what you're trying to do. Mm. Um, I am looking to work with a, um, the digital advertising group and they feel as though they need assistance in um, being able to better position their company in the marketplace in terms of gaining a better understanding of what their purpose is and their value proposition. And unless you can sort of really um, provide a clear understanding of what a group's uh, purpose is, they're not going to be able to sort of make any impact as mm. they do. Uh, and, and that's the digital space becoming so important now because uh, people realise that they don't need to go out and conduct all those face-to-face meetings that the they uh, did do, but unless you sort of um, um, are able to develop a very clear communication message, uh, which is going to resonate with what people um, are looking for, consumers need to be able to believe in the same belief that the companies have, so to speak. Mm. Uh, And there again, that goes back to the company being aware of what the market is looking for. Mm. So I guess if awareness were not a problem, we would we wouldn't be talking about it so much. What <laughs> no. what what is what what sort of uh, what have you come across? What do you why why do you think people are not aware of what's going on? Do they just not think deeply enough about it? Are they do they struggle to get perspective? Um, do they assume too much? Well, I think it's, um, in one sense, we're going through a bit of a paradigm shift in a way because people have done some business in such a similar way for so long Mm. and they're struggling to make the adjustment. Mm. Um, And it's it's not easy really to to understand how to move forward. Okay, we... um, we go back and look about uh, the reliance upon Australia on supply chain with China prior to pandemic. And now it's in the midst of the pandemic, Australia is very much concerned about sovereign capability. But then we reached a point where we were able to contain it and there was less emphasis placed upon it. So, uh, and they were happy to sort of revert to a degree back to the old way. But I think um, there are some good leaders who are saying that use the pandemic to look at new ways of approaching things. And it's, again, monitoring and being able to sort of uh, be aware of what the drivers of the market are and make the appropriate changes so you can achieve the long-term benefits. I think it's uh, interesting what you've introduced today, actually. We've heard uh, from a few of the other people we've interviewed around this is that, um, you know, the leaders need to be more empathetic and to listen and to be aware of what their team is doing. But what you've introduced today is that that awareness or that leadership being shown by companies at the company level. So yes. that's, uh, and, and it's no different. 
So having a purpose and being aware, uh, as Steve said, the, the aware piece comes up all the time. It's interesting how the, and you said the paradigm shift as well, it's interesting mm. how we, this isn't a podcast about the um, pandemic or COVID-19, but um, it comes up because, as you said, it's um, accelerated some changes for us into the future of how our future of work is going to be shaped, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, very, very cool. Um, what do you think, Craig? What, one thing I want to ask for Chris is, you know, what advice do you have for people uh, as they're coming through the industries that you're touching on? You said you're touching on digital industry and also the various life sciences companies and so on. Uh, what, what advice do you have for people who are thinking of getting into those industries or the things that they want to do? Um, interesting question. <laughs> it, it's, um, I suppose it's, I don't know whether it's quite related, but working remotely is becoming far more important. Mm-hmm. How do, how do managers sort of create, um, the, the environment or the, um, um, the business culture, which is really necessary for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, in one sense, you need to understand that you can't centralise um, your operation quite as much as you used to. And I think that um, having clear um, clear priorities is very important, I think. And so you need to be able to, um, as I said before, that uh, the true value of a company is um, being able to create or develop a situation where you don't need the CEO in the at the head all the time in order for it to run in an effective and profitable manner. Um, I, and it's it's going to be, um, look, there are, there are huge opportunities there. And I, I think it, it's just um, measuring up what the risk benefit is, I suppose. And um, for example, the, uh, the situation of with the workforce, do you, lay people off or do you monitor um, remanage how you employ them do you reduce their hours and such uh, and look at how else what their capabilities are and how they else they can be best used so they're very effective in what they do mm. um, and it's going to be very much clear communication I think with what people so there's no misunderstanding and often when you have emails there is they can be misinterpreted when you, when you have Zoom meetings like this, it's uh, clearer to see exactly what people are intending to do. But it's, uh, again, it's, um, well, one of the th- drivers which came out uh, when I was with the program was the had Industry 4.0. Mm. Um, and for people who aren't that familiar with that, that's uh, sensor augmented uh, manufacturing. Mm. But so much of that as being, uh, with that, so much of that is data and it's customers. And it's really ident- identifying the, uh, the data and what the trends are and how that can be best uh, utilized to sort of better serve customers. Mm. Um, and also the issues of scaling up in an organization are very important. When you, if you are in a situation where your business is growing and um, you have to increase your production, how can you continue to do that with um, and remain profitable? Mm. And 
that's very much a factor of having the right people in place, mm-hmm. making sure they have the right skills, um, knowing what your purpose is, uh, developing the right strategy, having the marketing, of course, and then ensuring that you have the cash flow so you can actually satisfy what your financial commitments are. Fund what you do, you want to do. I think yeah. that perspective on uh, looking at the people you've got and seeing if they can be reskilled or repurposed uh, for the, for what your business is going to need yes. rather than what it does need. I think that's a fascinating point and uh, something that uh, people don't necessarily do enough of. I think so. Mm. Yeah. So I think the I think the big uh, messages for me from what uh, Chris you've you've talked to us about today uh, focus around gaining awareness and and clarity uh, awareness of what's going on clarity about where we want to go and what our intentions are and then having a strategy to get there being strategic in our thinking and uh, not bogged down in ways of thinking that don't work anymore. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been excellent. So thank you very much, Chris, for your um your time today. It's been uh, fascinating talking to you. Uh, thank you yeah, for the thanks opportunity, a lot, Chris. Enjoyed the discussion. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Humanize Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G. S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews for future guests.